0: boo yaka okay. it's episode 169, because we'll never get to say 619, so there was a valid reason to use that joke. Hello, it's welcome time to PlayStation Unchained, and as I said, we're on the 169th episode. I am your host, Neil Bolt, with that painful segue. Um, joining me, as ever, is the wonderful, salacious man himself, Ben Gilliver. How are you doing, Ben?
1: Stormblood's only a few weeks.
0: And that will be the tone (laughs) of every opening for the next few
1: weeks.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Apart from the dead air we get in a few weeks when he's just gone missing.
1: (laughs) Are you there.
0: (laughs) How are you doing anyway, Ben?
1: Not too bad, thank you. And how are you?
0: Oh, Splendid. Splendid. I I had a a mini case of the fears where I'm... I still not sold my old PlayStation. I got I got slim to um, replace it yeah. ahead of time, you know, to get ahead of the curve for once. Yeah, so I can't get caught out. Uh, and then I had my slim kept cutting out on me this week, and uh, oh, wow. which is a, uh, which first glance I looked up and it's like, well, yeah, that means the machine's broken. You'll have to go and take yeah. it in to be repaired. And it's like, oh, shit. It's like, okay. But then found a solution. I you know, just wiggle the HDMI cable around a bit, put it back in, yeah. clean the dust out the side. It's and should be alright. And That's since good. then it's been all right. Yeah, I'm I'm praying it's okay. It's still within the first year, so, no ah, so worries you still there.
1: got your years warranty
0: then. Thanks to the EU. Yeah, yes, thanks to the EU. One of those things that we get to keep, you know <laughs> for now. <laughs> um, yeah, so thankfully. Not without console. But you know, as much as I, it would have been alright that I had my old console still, yeah. having not sold it yet. It would have been a pain in the ass to go and have to transfer everything over that while I'm waiting for it to transfer it back again once well, the old one's fixed. The new one's fixed. God, I can't, I can't even track of these PlayStations everywhere.
1: I just anyway, can't handle other these, than handle, you,
0: yeah. I can't handle all these consoles. Yeah, I
1: can't hold all
0: it's, these PlayStations. Like, this is your problem <laughs> with millennials these days. You know, it's like, Instead of buying multiple PlayStations, you, you could be buying a new house yeah. and all that. Uh, that's the way the world's you know terrible let yeah. that be a lesson to all of us also joining us from across the pond and it's a big pond but they have some problems over there with dunderheads in charge uh, it's gary bagtasarov how you doing gary hey i'm
2: here he's here i'm here
0: and uh he's here yeah he's here we we missed you last week it was a uh, it's a shame it was a shame because you know injustice was there to be talked about we'll, we'll talk about it this week I'm sure anyway, but uh, uh While yeah. the hype was strong um, yeah. yeah, yeah Yeah, you can tell me how wrong it was to give it 8.5 you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't,
2: I would say you were wrong <laughs> But it's like I thought it I wouldn't felt be a if I agreed with you so <laughs>
0: No, no, that's it. I, I just, felt, just looking at other scores out there, I felt so sensible and smug. And scared. Look at me. I'm being grounded about this by saying, hey, you know, it may have a lot of stuff in it, but it's it's not the best fighter like that. Look at me giving a, a sensible score. And then, you know, I went crazy after that with Rhyme and loved it and apparently loved it more than most people. It's <laughs> just, just when you think you're like cynical and you know, like that, you, you let your heart get out there and you see other people not enjoying games. The same way you do kind of heartbreaking in a way, but, uh, can't be faulted. Oh, anyway, we're here to talk video games of the Plain persuasion. If you haven't guessed, we, we have just spent like the last half hour before the podcast talking about what we've done on the site for the last few years. And so self-indulgence is never goes amiss. Does it, you know, it's, it's always good fun. Um, so I suppose the big thing this week, and it seems to be a common theme in e3 times, is we'll we'll talk about the rumor of something on this podcast one week, and the next week the game's announced. You know, this is happened with COD, you know, for instance, the other week, and now Far Cry Five. If yes, it's been made official, and we've seen some footage. Well, Gary hasn't, but he gets the gist. So yes, Montana is the setting. Yes, we will be going to there, and there's a. A religious cult of some kind and apparently that's made some people angry who think that it's picking on white people despite the fact that you know that uh, they've never seen a call of duty in their life clearly this is a case of uh, feeling like any one particular type of people are being picked on it's, it's a strange argument but there you go it's out there in, on the internet like many of the stupid arguments are um, but anyway back to Far Cry 5 itself it looks like more Far gray in a very US setting. I don't think it's going to do much different. I think there's a lot of spiel about, oh, you know, it, it speaks to what's going on in the world and it'll have a thoughtful message about it. It's like, no, it won't. It'll be about a game where you, you just blow shit up and that's it, really. It's, it's, it's nice to say a game can have themes and have emotional impact and stuff. It's like, but that's not Far Cry. It's and Far they, Cry, no Has they try,
1: I, that's all I care about.
0: Yeah. You see, a good example of that comes back with Watchdogs too, where it's like, they did have some very interesting things to say about technology and our San Francisco life. But, and, again, they made a very good grounded character who wasn't out for revenge, who was just not, you know, avenging the death of anyone, and that was refreshing. But, they made this nice guy a bit a dick because They kind of forget that the player can go around Shooting people to death with that character So it kind of breaks that idea So yeah I, I, don't, I don't fully trust Ubisoft to Have learned that much From yeah, But they're getting there Small incremental Oh steps.
1: Ubisoft wah, 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 wah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's cross we, sh- we shouldn't do that That's advertising for other people That's.
1: <laughs> oh, come on you know I'd Advertise that guy any time He's amazing. <laughs> he is my idol. Yes,
0: son. <laughs> You're too generous to be to be him, Ben. <laughs> too generous. Um Yeah, so it might be good. I just for me, I don't know if Far Cry four just felt like one too many. It's like I just didn't get on with it as much as I hoped and maybe 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 it's just every other Far Cry will do well for me. You know I like that first one hated the second one kind of like the third one bar the co-op when it's matchmaking system which is among the worst of any game out there and I mean what game doesn't let you match make you know <laughs> it's just oh, irritant and yeah so yeah four was unlucky so yeah maybe this one will be great but god did it have a bit of a look in the trailers of oh look at us we're trying to do what GTA did with their trailers and great but yeah uh, I'm a little cool on it sure it'll be fun to shoot stuff with people other people what game isn't Ghost Recon Wildlands very bland game overall but get your mates involved and it's a riot so there's a formula and they know it works so that's the way they're going Um, Ben how are your feelings on the Far Cry's
1: it looks like Far Cry and that is why I like it
0: Except but, America. Uh,
1: yeah, except in America. But you know what, well, I don't I don't even really care about the location as long as the comedy's good enough and the fact that it's got co-op. That's all that matters to me. It looks like a fun game. And that's all I play Far Cry for, is to have fun.
0: Too optimistic. I know, well.
1: I know. I shouldn't <laughs> play video games to have fun, but you know.
0: You, you're not doing it right, Ben. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be about brooding introspective <laughs> takes on video video games and what they mean and not not about how many things I, you can kill.
1: I know I shouldn't be enjoying enjoying myself. I'm sorry. I'll I'll go be quiet now.
0: <laughs> what about you, Gary? How, how are you feeling on it?
2: I honestly could care less about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it. it didn't pique my interest in any way. Um I'm actually happy that it's not said in the old West like it was rumored to be. Uh, with because of the same reason i talked about with red dead redemption where it's just yeah. nothing to do in the desert
0: side note on that, side note on that one the fact that there were people claiming that before we knew for definite that it wasn't that people out there going oh look that's rockstar running scared of ubisoft's game and he's like are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> rockstar will never sure. run scared of anybody it's like, yeah, it's like yeah they've got a game they made four years ago still in the top five every week i think they're all right somehow yeah like, uh, i don't think you could be saying about that about the division
1: they cry <laughs> sit there crying with a pile of money <laughs> oh no My game's coming out with far cry it will only make half a million bajillion pounds now will
2: they make 50 billion.
0: Actually, we might get into that later, actually, because I think that is one of the things this week. But uh, Yeah, sorry, carry on, Gary.
2: Yes, I I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm at open-world fatigue at this point, where I'm just tired of all these open-world games being in these bland, unpopulated environments where everybody thinks it's so impressive, where, to me... It's not really that impressive to have a forest anymore, you know.
0: No, it isn't. that that joy has definitely gone.
2: But me. it's open world and it's gorgeous. I can I don't care how gorgeous it looks to me. I'm. It's exhausting to look at. I don't get any joy from looking at it anymore. Um, and this set in Montana is exactly what it's going to be. It's going to be big forest areas, fields most likely. Um, Small little locations, just like every Far Cry has, of populated areas that you're going to go to. And I just, I don't care for that anymore. Like, everybody can look at Far Cry games and say, oh, it's so fun, to get to shoot people, but it's literally the same game. We reskin. If you want to look at a game that's the same and reskin, Far Cry is that, in my opinion. Yeah, I
0: mean, Far Cry 4 was very much more Far Cry and so no matter how you know, the setting may have been different and there may have been more animals and more things to do it was still essentially the same game that came out in
2: 2012 yeah and so yeah. was what was it Primal? the last one? Primal, yeah, which was yeah again it was the same but... thing, it was just set way before guns and things were allowed but it essentially played exactly the same I don't see a big difference with 5 coming out. I mean, 5, quite honestly, in my opinion, I already said this in on Slack, that all the controversy it's co- it's it's brewing for it is what's going to sell that game. That game is going to probably be the best-selling Far Cry game, and it's probably going to sell a lot of its units because of its controversy.
0: Yeah, so, and just like I said earlier, it's like Ubisoft's uh, uh, open-world co-op games, they sell as we said last week, the biggest selling game of the year is Ghost Recon Wildlands, a game that most people in the games press don't give a shit about it's like at this point, but general public will, because yeah, you can lark about your mates in a big sandbox of nothing, yeah, It's you know, which is its biggest strength, and that's what people want.
2: Yeah, and like the worst for me is like you announced the game, right? and then you tease that the full announcement and the trailers are going to come a few days later, and then they come, and yet you still show no gameplay. The game is coming out, what, September, they said? Fe- yep. Oh, February.
0: Oh, February, sorry, oh, February. sorry yeah. was so so February,
2: soon. but I would expect to see some form of gameplay. Sure, they're probably saving it for E3, but you could have had snippets of it. You know, I'm just... I don't know. Maybe I'm just fatigued of everything at this point. <laughs> of the I think
0: open world fatigue is fair enough. Uh, open world fatigue is a very real thing.
1: Yeah, I, I must. Admit, I'm not going to buy any more open world games this year, really. I'm I excited think it was the biggest, cried, But that's yeah. that's next was, year. So
0: yeah. it was the most refreshing thing for me this year. Stuff like Persona Five being a big RPG that isn't really open world. It's giving the illusion of freedom without you know giving you sprawling locations and there's obviously a subset of gamers there that will complain if something isn't like that now even though it you know, it ruins story pacing it just unless you've got it nailed down and you can really do open world well it's just not a feasible thing it's like so many games just fall by the wayside as yeah like that i mean horizon did it pretty well to be honest if, if i'm on, uh, as far as i go by being having fun things to do in the hunting and stuff but uh, yeah. again still not that's best. probably one of
2: the reasons why i haven't gone out and bought horizon yet is i don't want to fall into that same category of open world games where i want to continue the story but yet there's this icon pulling me to go do this side quest and i get lost and i get distracted and I don't want to do that right now. I want to play my linear games. I miss my linear games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really that's quite
0: understandable.
2: <laughs> With awesome set pieces, I get no really cool, awesome set pieces in open world games these days. But this is it. Well, so, well yeah, yeah, Horizon and, uh, had
1: uh, some uh, decent uh, set pieces. I think that it did. But,
0: it, it, Horizon was the right level of open world is in the fact that it had an open world but it wasn't huge yeah. it was just enough and it had enough to do in it I think and that uh, that's a mistake many make that like Ghost Recon Wildlands is a very good example of this it's fucking huge by the terms of open worlds but it's just so much nothing going on in it it's just it's either enemy outposts or nothing yeah, yeah sure you can go hijack cars and run down hills but that's it really and that's
2: basic yeah and then you got dynasty warriors 9 is going to be open world now and i'm hmm. like how like you know i'm how kind of interested
1: mix- in that because i love my some dynasty warriors games so
2: no i'm interested in it as well i think it'll be interesting to see but like the game already the environments are so barren and empty and ugly looking it's going to be even worse now <laughs> well, it's just going whole- to be exactly the same I think it's going to be worse. How are you going to fit hundreds of enemies on screen plus have a pretty looking environment?
0: I've seen a few screens of it and uh, it's looks interesting.
2: Yeah.
0: And it looks a bit more impressive than current. I think the problem is the last few years they've been running on the old engine proper and they've not bothered to upgrade. Yeah. And Dragon Quest Heroes 2, they've started to deviate towards that more open world stuff. Well, i I say, the interview little...
1: we did years ago that... Dynasty Warriors Nine was going to take a while from to do and um, make a, hu- a whole new engine really for it.
0: Yeah, and it does look like that to be yeah. fair. So it's like, I, I, so yeah, I'm definitely personally interested there because it's a series that isn't, but that really kind of needed it a long time ago if it was going to do it. So I think, yeah, you know, not every game deserves to be an open world game or should be an open world game, but that seems like a very logical fit. And like I said, they've done a little bit of it in Dragon Quest Heroes 2, and it works, especially there because you know Dragon Quest series, Dragon Quest has sort of open areas. But yeah, I, I when I think of this year already and stuff like Persona, stuff like Prey, that's uh, Prey, especially you know, it's a single player, very you know, linear in a lot of ways, but the structure of the place you the, the space station you're on is so big and free form. It's a different kind of open, you know, it's smaller than, you know, it's a sprawling world, but it's just lots of interconnected areas. And that's more fascinating to me because you get to know everything about a place there. Whereas, you know, you aren't going to recognize a certain patch of land on a map the size of Dorset. You know, it's just doesn't do anything for you really in the same way. Hey, okay. hey ho. What Can you do that, That's enough, but yeah, it was a good little talk that we had about uh, a bit of open world stuff. Um, yeah, we were talking about GTA 5 just briefly in there. Um, obviously, we learned Red Dead got uh pushed back to next year with the uh Red Dead 2, sorry, I should say. That's which you know, kind of expected. And where rockstar are concerned, you can see why they do it because they like to put polish on it, though, apparently, you know, they work their stuff. After the bone, if you read certain stories this week, and to us, I think that's true true of any story, any uh, big developer I, I, it seems.
2: the best thing about that story for me is how people actually thought it would come out this year, and like I don't know how mentally you can think that the game
1: <laughs> I think it's because every other
0: developer out there would you know it's like they would announce a game, and within a year it'd be out every year done that's it because that's seemingly the way it's going more and more and more I mean Christ you know Fallout 4 got announced to E3 out a few months later it does happen
1: you know what I would care more if it was was anything but Rockstar
0: (laughs) whereas I'm quite the opposite (laughs) (laughs) I think this is the thing they work at such a different pace to many developers and I think that's where it gets forgotten they they are a last of a dying breed in that regard because there are very few companies that do it like that now uh, e- even when they do extra titles in between their big titles it is rare I mean this generation we've not had a Rockstar title proper we've just had you know, the PS2 classics and stuff and uh, GTA 5 yeah remaster and um, by the end of it all we could have one new Rockstar title for the entire generation Generation, <laughs> it's like, it's mad.
2: And that's you all say, they like, that, out That that's one time yeah. in the top five. <laughs> for yeah, for the rest generation.
0: Of, well, yeah, and, and, and getting to that, you know, game when you have Capcom going about Resident Evil Seven should sell 10 million copies in its lifetime. It's like it sounds ludicrous in some ways, but then you know why they do it because they look at something like Grand Theft Auto 5 which has moved 80 million copies since 20, 2013. And they think, well, if that game can do it, why can't us? Forgetting, of course, that different games completely and put more time, money, care, attention into your game, and people will probably like it. It's that risk reward thing, isn't it? It's like it's not caring if you think it, people will love it for the way you've done it, just being true to what you want to do, and it's clearly worked for them. Um, the most the most amusing story I found actually about this, where last year, of course, there was a lot of talk of Mafia Three being Oh, it's going to be a GTA killer! Oh, yeah, it's it's going to show up. It's label mate and like that, which you know it didn't critically. And in the first three months of uh, twenty seventeen, uh, GTA five has sold five million copies. Mafia three has sold entirely five million copies. I thought so, you were going to say
1: five copies for a second there. <laughs> no, it's
0: just it's it's mad. It's crazy. Yeah, since October seventh. 17- launched so Mafia 3 it has sold 5 million copies GTA 5 has sold that since January <laughs> it's, it's yeah. ridiculous I, I think yeah in general take 2 had a lot of stuff to say I think this week yeah. Yeah. I just they I think their stock's dropped with the news of the Red the Red Dead stuff but otherwise they are just making bank pretty well off very little I think NBA was the next big thing which is like 8 million units or something but it's cool uh, it's nice to see some longevity in, in like game charts every week. Even, <laughs> I mean, Minecraft's still in and around there, and that's like six years old now. So it, it shouldn't surprise us that the old game like can be like this. Uh, anything you guys think of that? I know Ben, you don't really care about rockstar stuff, but Gary, it's impressive. You have to say it, it's it's quite the juggernaut and they're doing it by giving people lots of free stuff for online
2: yeah the support they've given to gta 5 is just ridiculous i've never seen a game get as much support as gta 5 has not even mmos in my opinion have gone as much Well, yeah. from a company <laughs> for as long as did. like sure you have like games like wow that get content or expansion packs and final fantasy 15 that adds content all the time but the 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 way that they've just done it and continue to be in the top five of the best-selling games all the time. It's like yeah. at this point, it's kind of like the Wii situation where it's like everybody has one. How are they still getting sales? Like people buying double of the same game now. It's like it's A so, lot of it you know, came with the um,
0: cross-gen because obviously, you know, new current-gen consoles are still selling, and people are coming over from them and going, well, I really like GTA 5 on my old console, so I'm going to see how it plays on the new console. And the fact that they put so much effort into making this-gen version of it much better, you know, in terms of having more players online, in terms of having more detail in the game world, and just you know, generally looking better, it, it makes a difference. You know, putting that effort in has
1: I wish they would have made a given VR them
0: extra. I think oh, you, cool. there is a, like a work-around weird thing for it. And I, you know, I guess maybe you they
1: could did. play in first-person mode and just wear it in cinnamon mode. I just... God.
0: Yeah, I, and I think I suggested a while back that it's one of those games that you'd like a little mini-VR mode, maybe just a to tour Los Santos and look around it in VR would be cool. Well, oh, yeah, yeah you the, wouldn't want the, all up. <laughs> Yeah, you, you wouldn't want all the stunt riding and nonsense. I mean, some of the stuff they've added to that game is ridiculous. The fact that you can pretty much do giant stunt tracks and... <laughs> like playing mini versions of manhunt in it and it there's so much to it, it it's gone beyond that. and it is almost like its own thing in that regard that
1: i really should get it one gone cause i hated the story of it i tried the story i hated it but i did enjoy the uh, online, on, different online on, but at the same time i did i don't want to buy pay full price and every time i it's on sale i don't have the money yeah,
0: and you know what, that's the other thing. For a game that never really goes on sale for anything very low, it, yeah. it's the fact that it keeps selling is mad. It's yeah, crazy, 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 crazy.
1: Okay, how much is it right now? Oh. It's fifty four quid. Yeah, see? Yeah, it's
0: still full price. I mean. Uh that's what I mean. But because it's in so high demand. Right. I think I've yeah, I've sold a couple of copies over in, in my time and made profit of that game long after release because it's like it's crazy that it happens like that.
1: Wait, the Gwent game's out now.
0: The beta. yeah the yeah
1: I had the closed bear on PC, but I could never load it because it kept crashing.
2: Well, <laughs> you can download it on your PS4 now and try it. Yay! Oh <laughs> uh, dear. But yeah, oh. we'll start. I. It's one of those. It's one of those games where. I don't care to hear about any information about it. Like, it doesn't get me super stoked or un- uninterested in it because I know once it comes out, whether I'm interested in it or not, it's always going to be of the highest quality Rockstar can do. Yeah. Like, always. It, it wouldn't matter. Like, this is why I don't do you think- care if it's being delayed or not because I know when it comes out, it's going to be at the highest level quality that they can possibly do this is
0: it and it i heard it quite telling that um obviously you remember the launch of gta online being quite troubled to say the least
2: very troubled yes
0: <laughs> and, and and you think of every media outlet at the time pretty much saying well this is going to just be a, a flash in the pan people are going to be bored of it, and that's it and it's gonna be a big flop for rockstar and it won't work and like that and it's clearly the reason people are still buying it now you know it, it's making them loads of money in microtransactions
2: yeah as well
0: it's like so yeah proof again that you know if offering people free stuff turning it around making it solid works you know it, it should, i mean yeah not every company has the, the resources of rockstar but more, there are enough companies out there that could try but the problem is i think this is with rockstar probably in their favor is the fact that they don't make that many games which means they can focus on the multiplayer of one of their games for a long time and and indulge in it whereas Companies like EA or Ubisoft or Activision are juggling so many different online games at once that they're almost in competition with themselves. So no one, no one game ever gets the the right amount of attention that it should. It's like it's always like, well, if we're gonna do extra for this game, you're gonna have to pay a lot more. I mean, which yeah, by comparison is almost insulting like, you'd pay for some some of the stuff that you do pay for. I'm just look. No it from last year like with Titanfall 2 that uh, they're doing everything in their power to make people keep playing the game by offering new maps every other month and and new titans and new guns and whatever and it's like that's good, it's nice, that's the way it should be and yet it's just not going to sell as well overall which is a damn damn shame when you consider stuff like Overwatch out there where people basically get conned left, right and centre with fucking loot boxes it's ridiculous that that's the way people want it. But yeah, we we found that with a lot of things. Oh, well, oh, well, as I say, uh, um, for last bit of news, I suppose it's, it was interesting to me. Um, the Uncharted movie had an update. That, um, Tom Holland, who's currently being the new Spider-Man is, uh, to be the young Nathan Drake in the Uncharted movie. They are going great
1: right with the, uh, Wait, that's still a thing. Yeah. What year is this?
0: Yeah, yeah, they are going the direction of Uncharted Three by going to the flashback phases of when Young Drake met Sally and basically forged their treasure hunting, break everything you touch relationship. And interesting, I think Tom Holland's a good could be a cool fit for that. It's uh, especially for that age, and I'll offer it in here now. Jeffrey D. Morgan for um, Sully, for a young Sully. I think it'd be a good bit. Um, uh, what about you guys? Any, anyone you'd like to see cast as Sully? A younger Sully, I won't mind by this point. Go with Ben.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Fair enough. Tom Cruise.
0: You don't.
1: Know. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, wow. Gary,
1: Um <laughs> uh,
2: A young, I, I honestly wouldn't even know. I, know. I, I, I was in favor of using the actual voice actors because not only do they look the part, they'll obviously sound the part. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't I use. them. But.
0: in in fairness, I think Nolan North would have to go on the diet from hell to getting good no, shape
2: no one no, no north yes but not like emily rose she wouldn't have to
0: no but then it's as i said they're going the, the prequel route for this so she wouldn't even be in it anyway
2: yeah so, I, uh, I, also, I i'm not a fan of the casting i'm not a fan of going the prequel route no i'm, I'm not excited for this movie. Oh,
0: yeah <laughs> no, but it means they can, build up to, they can build up to the nonsense that comes later. I think in a market where the Fast and the Furious movies do stuff that is beyond human comprehension, uh, it's um, an Uncharted series being a movie that you know, just doesn't seem totally illogical. Having replayed them all I'm, recently, spoiled, I'm still playing
1: I'm
0: just spoiled. It's called Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Indiana Jones didn't break everything he touched and sink an entire ship fall out the back of a plane, any of that stuff. You know, it's like the, the most he ever did that was a bit ludicrous was hide in a fridge from a nuclear explosion, which is uh, Nathan Drake. That's a Tuesday for Nathan Drake. It's a, uh, I think you, like I said, in the market where fast and the furious is a stupid ship. I think Uncharted has a, a place to, to do its thing. But so there are, Obviously, going for the uh, more subtle casual route for now by just going, hey, let's have a little bit of adventuring, but let's not go crazy with the, the stunt budget just yet. If it's a success, then we'll go on to the adult stuff. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I, I would say Jeffrey Dean Morgan, if you didn't know, Nagan slash Thomas Wayne slash comedian, I think he'd be a good young Sully for me.
1: Uh- um,
0: what do we do now? Let's go on to... Let's change it off a bit and go to the score predictions now. Let's do that now. Um, last a mad week... Was, a Madman! <laughs> a Madman! Yes, it's totally on the flies. Oh, dear. Um, yes, so last week we did Rhyme, um, which, yeah, it turns out I reviewed and loved. Um, still, uh, I didn't think it would get rated as highly, and I was Correct in that regard because some people didn't like it as much, which is a shame. Um, Ryan in the end got 81 on the, the overall PlayStation 4 Metacritic score. Um, so let's go in reverse order of the three people who competed. Uh, Ben had a score of 100. Sorry, Ben, you, did, you didn't win. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> the
0: four. Uh, yeah. Incidentally, Ben won the the strafe one from a couple of weeks ago simply because the one score that was for strafe was 44 out of 10, and Ben had 52. So <laughs> it's, like, it's the only time it's ever served him being ludicrous. Um, anyway, Mike was second with 88. So, of course, the winner with 86 was me. So currently, the scores overall stand at Ben and Alfonso with two points, Mike with two and a half, Gary with three, and. And me with five and a half. Now, this week, we're back in fighting games. We're going for Tekken 7. Yes, the King of Iron Fist is back for a, a monumental seventh occasion. Or ninth, I suppose, if you count the other two Tekken Tag Tournament games.
1: <laughs> Which you
0: probably should, let's be honest. Um, I suppose I'll go first, as I, as I was champion. Um I'm going to go... 82, because I don't think it'll be as high as Injustice. Um, Gary, what about you?
2: I'm going to stick with my Injustice score and go 84.
0: 84. Um, Ben, what has it given you this time?
1: 80.
2: Oh, my God. Wow. (laughs) First time. And watch, this time it's going to be like 98.
0: (laughs) I I really don't think so. (laughs) I feel... Confident, it won't be that much. Hundred. <laughs> uh dear. yeah, yeah. We, we shall see next week. But just to recap: Ben eighty, myself eighty-two, Gary eighty-four. So it's, uh, what, you should know that's yeah, it, stupid
1: because I wasn't constantly laughing the entire time like last <laughs> week. yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, I mean, it, it, all intents and purposes, second seven sounds like it could be good fun. But I, I don't know if it'd be that highest scorer. We shall see. Um. Yeah. Yeah, so you'll find out next week. So on to games we have played. This is a uh, a little more freeform because we've got to fit in an Alfonso question, which is about Injustice too. <gasps> um yes, as I, I'm, I'm, I talked about it last week, so sort I of said interview and was speaking about playing. It. Gary, we didn't get to hear from you about Injustice. 2, so how have you been finding it?
2: I've been loving it. Um, I think it's a great game. Um, I think there are some serious balancing issues, especially mm-hmm. when it comes with characters, specific characters. I think NetherRealm Studios, in my opinion, gave a lot more effort and love into certain characters as opposed to others. Um, and that's clear to the bone. If, even if we look at some of the characters' move lists, you're like, how come this character only has four moves and this one has nine. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. But other than that, I'm I'm really addicted to the multiverse mode right now. I'm really enjoying um, leveling up the characters and and getting the loot. Um, I do feel like it's kind of ridiculous sometimes, where almost every multiverse has, in order to complete everything, you have to be level twenty. Because you're fighting level twenty guys, and if you go in there with like a level five, you'll just get destroyed. Um, and I, I don't, th- I don't like that in particular because you pretty much have to do these stupid little events or the low level events just to level up your character, just so you can complete one multiverse. Yeah, I I think
0: that stuff comes way too soon in the multiverse. Uh, yeah, for the high level, so it, it should give you more chance to sort of yeah get a few characters built up fairly well, which is like, yeah. I suppose I think oh, you're in this mode, that mode, the other mode, and it's like, yeah, okay, I understand that, but it's like if it should be more balanced in that regard,
2: yeah, definitely. um I wish there was an easier way for to to manage your loot um I really hate having to go and individually delete stuff one by one by one all the time, I like to just delete it in bulk sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um but but those are just small things they're not they're not too big of a problem um but like i said the biggest problem for me with injustice two is the is the balancing and getting trapped in the corner if you're trapped in a corner you may as well just give up because you're oh, not the yeah. even but like on brain. easy setting like for some reason i don't know how the ai works but once you're trapped in a the corner they go into like I'm an esports AI program character. <laughs> you just get destroyed. And <laughs> yeah,
0: just like, it's like, hey, I remember, I, I know Tekken. So I know Tekken now. I can juggle you. <laughs> yeah, done.
2: it's ridiculous. But yeah, um, I love the story mode. Um, once again, Nether Realm, in my opinion, has shown how to do a story mode in a fighting game. Um,
0: not just that. I think they've shown a lot of the uh, how to. Do- do DC stuff in general. And it's just I think it's well handled. Characters are handled well, and that they've built that universe up nicely. You know, and confidently.
2: Oh, it's it's, it's and, clear that that DC Comics is has a lot of faith in them, and they're letting them run with whatever they want at this point. Um, and it's like you said, it's awesome. I mean, they're using characters in Injustice too that aren't very well known to the mass universe like dr fate and firestorm but this is a great way for people to to get to know these characters and to see just yeah, how powerful they can be um I mean, I
0: mean like you said with that with certain characters feels like an afterthought compared to others it's like yeah. dr fate's one of those in terms of the uh, story where it's like he always just feels like he's there for the sake of being there just like mm-hmm. he, he shows up he just shows up it, it's like a, a wrestling run-in you know it's like hey we had this guy ready to just do a run-in today that's it. and that's it that's
2: it it's just it's yeah, a shame it was, not
0: everyone gets fleshed out that much
2: yeah it was the same thing with Atrocitus as well um
0: but in a yeah, way I, I mean he literally just walks in <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> but, but like, in a way i also see those characters they, they kind of hinted at things to come Especially hmm. atrocities and how Jordan kind of feeling the, the rage growing inside him. Uh, which yeah. we saw, in that I mean, they could be alluding to what's going to happen in the third game because um, you yeah. know, there's
0: what they'll do in the comics in between, and more than likely, which would be a frustrating shame if they wasted a lot of this for the comics that come in the middle. It's like, I mean, I know it's a nice thing to sort of tie things in, but you, you shouldn't be leaving big things like that to com- the comics if you're. Got a big game.
2: Yeah, well, the comics are usually prequel stories. For the, Inju- mm. I mean, for the the, Inju- the first Injustice, all the comics were the five years before what happened in Injustice. Um, the game, and the, yeah. the thing I really liked about this game in particular is they took some of the stuff that they did in the comics, like especially like with Doctor Fate, Green Arrow, and Black Canary, because if you watch the cutscenes and the conversations between them they talk about what happened between those three characters in, in the yeah comics. like
0: Harley references uh, decapitating Lobo
2: and things like that yes exactly and I thought that was really cool yeah for, for, for those who've read the, the comic it's not like they just disregarded the comics all oh, whatever happened is not canon in our game
0: um, that's it I mean yeah the comics are there to, to merge you know that, that's the point of I them mean, it's good cross media stuff Stuff in that regard, but uh, I, I just hope they don't go too heavy that way this time and you know, start because yeah, if you're gonna leave some stuff to a sequel, fair enough, bridge it, but mm, yeah, you don't, you don't want to have a, a, a gap where you have the only way you can really know exactly what happened is by reading the comics. So, yeah,
1: uh, I 100% agree
2: with you, I 100% agree with you, yeah. but like, it, it was funny because on Twitter, uh, the guy who writes the Injustice comic. He congratulated Ed Boon on uh, the release of Injustice 2, and Ed Boon responded with, thanks, we appreciate it. Please stop killing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> just killing everybody in the comics so they don't have characters that they can use. <laughs> uh, which I-
0: yeah, I mean... That's oh, <laughs> I my mean, one complaint uh, about the roster in general is probably Joker. Just because yes. he's there, but he's not there. You know, it's like his appearance in the story is, you know, shall we say a bit of a sham, but uh, so why is he in the game? it like, just, just seems odd. That he's there yeah, at he, all.
2: He, he definitely should not be in the game. I want I yeah, to, I think they
0: just threw him in for the sake of it. And that's it.
2: Cause it's the Joker. Everybody loves the yeah. Joker. So you're going to throw him in there. I I believe he has the best lines uh, when he's fighting people especially like the introductions. I think some of his lines are are pretty damn good. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, the story mode, fantastic, great story, well told story. Um, I know you maybe didn't like the facial animation as much as I did.
0: (laughs) Some of Um, it, no, some of it is amazing, but some of it is just like, Ooh, no, hang on bit off. Nothing. I mean, it's just, yeah, subtle things, very subtle things that work so well in that game. But yeah, there's when they're showing pure emotion and shouting, and stuff, it just looks a bit too gummy, you know. There's like yeah. the mouths are flapping about a bit too much, and it gets out of sync occasionally. And it just the problem is when it's good, it means that when it looks bad, the the illusion is shattered. You know, it's like slightly, it's like oh, okay, now and now I know it. You, you get a little knocked out of the. The immersion you had in it, which you know, is already a very impressive thing for a fighting game, to have that level of story immersion, anyway. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a minor minor complaint. I mean, as I said in the review, my real complaint is because you know the story is for a fighting game is amazingly good, and the visuals yeah. are just more. But this is my issue is just the way they've implemented the loot system, and it's like I love the gear, in terms of changing up your characters and customising. them. That's brilliant. Love it. But the stuff that comes with it and sort of saying, well, you know, you could go and buy some loot boxes if you want to get that stuff for your character is a bit, no, 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 I can't be doing with that. And it just kind of puts me off grinding for stuff because it's like, it's so random. And it's like, you don't even guarantee getting stuff for the character you want. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's badly handled in that regard. I'm slightly annoyed at that.
2: Yeah, I agree. Like, I I like if I'm playing as like Batman, for example, in the multiverse, I'd like Batman gear to drop. Yeah, you know, right now I have like 15 epic gear for Deadshot and Atrocitus, and I haven't even touched those characters yet. (laughs) But I have one epic gear for Batman, who I've been playing with up to level 20 now. Like, what the hell? Crazy. I mean, I'll be ready when I decide to play with Deadshot. That's cool. But, <laughs> yeah. I, no, I agree with you. Like, the loot system... The, the, the other thing that sucks is like when I go and play with my friends and I select a character, it automatically picks the, the armored version all, with all the gear equipped on it. Yeah. So, especially like if you do random select, because that's what we like, we just random and it picks it for us, it'll still pick that character. I wish there was a way where you can just do it with a tap of a button that you go to like standard or set it specifically so you're just playing with stock characters, everybody at level 1, gear-wise. There's no way to do that. You have to press square, you have to select a different loadout, and that loadout has to not have anything on it. So essentially, I pretty much have to leave one of the five loadouts blank if I want to do that, which Hmm. sucks.
0: Yeah, it is annoying in that regard because yeah it just sort of belies that whole thing of having customization it's, it's there you go um yeah so of that we can agree it's a very good fighter i think it's that whole um japanese versus american way of doing things where you know japanese will concentrate on the finer details of the fighting whereas an american game would just be like yeah here's a bunch of shit you can do and it's like fine okay that's cool in, in Injustice's case that's fine because the fighting's decent enough uh, like I said my review it's like it's not the best fighting you know, I'd say it's probably about two or three games out there that are better in terms of being pure fighters but it's yeah. enjoyable enough as a package to make it to not matter and so that that's fine in that regard um yeah so we'll just segue on to um Alphonse's question because he's also love the story cutscenes and stuff. His complaint is he feels they're a bit too long. Um, I personally didn't feel that way with Injustice, so, but that's just me. Uh, his, his, he had a general question, so we'll answer that here and now, uh, is that, do you feel that lengthy cutscenes, hurt the story of a game or make it better? Uh, I, I don't think we really get anything as ridiculous as a Kojima cutscene anymore. Even Kojima stopped doing them to that length. <laughs> so... But, uh, yeah, sometimes big cutscenes do annoy the shit out of me, because they're just like, but that's maybe more my sort of time of life thing, where it's like, I've got limited hours to play something, and it's like, can you just get the story going while the game's moving? And, and you know, considering a lot of games do that, it makes sense to me. <laughs> it's, uh, but, you know, I like a good cutscene if it's done well, but, it's, yeah, you, you have to be a pretty good looking game for me to enjoy your cutscenes. Uncharted would be very much that sort of game. I always enjoy the cutscenes and Uncharted stuff. Uh,
2: what about you, Gary, on
0: that one? Do you think lengthy cutscenes are a, a game? I think, or?
2: I think it depends on the game. Um, mm. If I'm playing, say, like a, a Japanese RPG, I would want them to be like lengthy cutscenes because they're very story-driven. If I don't get yeah. those story elements, like look what happened with Final Fantasy fifteen, We got almost no story in that game. And it hurt it, in my opinion.
0: Um, In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. It was a strange one in that regard. I totally agree with you. It did hurt it in a lot of ways in terms of leaving big gaps. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I don't know. There was something wonderfully offbeat about the way the story was told in that game. uh,
2: Yeah, but, like, if you're playing, like, a first-person shooter like Call of Duty, for example, I wouldn't want there to be too many cutscenes because I like the big epic set pieces they have.
1: Hmm.
0: But Tell you a story.
2: Okay. yeah, they allow me to play those moments. It's not like I'm just watching it happen and I play in the aftermath. A lot of those games, I'm playing it as it's happening. And that's what I want in those games. Plus, in those games, you're pumped up. You're ready to go to war. You are all, oh, let's go kill some motherfuckers. And <laughs> you're getting a 30 minute cutscene that completely takes you away from that experience. Um, So in my opinion, it just depends on the game you're playing. With Injustice, I think it works simply because there really aren't that many fighting games that give you a proper story like they do. And yeah. those games like you look at Tekken and back in the day, Tekken six even, you play Tekken six, you go through the story, you get one character's ending, and you gotta do it all over again with all the other. You don't want to do play with thirty five characters and get all their story. I sure as hell don't. Especially if I hate
1: really? playing with certain characters. I miss that in fighting games. I used to love that. That's the reason why I used to keep playing.
0: Wow. Marvel vs. Capcom 3 was the last time I cared about it, and it was also the reason I stopped caring. It's just like, yeah. because it was a lot of that work for nothing, effectively. So, oh, look, this cute little cutscene where they get two characters that don't often meet getting together to do something. It's like, nah. It, it, It's images, not an actual cutscene. This is bullshit. Please do this properly if you're going to do it. So, yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah. yeah Especially it was, when you've got you
1: I roster. mean, like, I remember old Tekken, where it's like cute little panda bear, the bear sort of cutscene where he hits the, you know, the paper and stuff like that. Little cu- actual cutscenes, yeah. not just screenshots.
0: Yeah, I mean, Injustice 2 has a bit of that as well. You know, in the multiverse mode, there's a, Thing early on, where you can go in there and basically do it with each character, and it gets a end story point for you. That's a, yeah. but again, like, it's very much like the, a, a small scene. But
2: it, it, it helps the game, it helps those who enjoy single player. I guess you can say that, sure. Like, yeah, I'll go and I'll play the story mode. Not only do I get the best DC movie ever, <laughs> it's not even a movie, um, but you also get to play with all the characters like well not all of them you get to play and try out a whole bunch of different characters as well Mm. it's not just oh you pick one character you enjoy that character and that's the only one you play with like it's nice that they allow you to mix it up and they mix it up for you and you get to try out some of these characters um i don't know for for me in a fighting game i would like more cutscenes because I think it it drives home the the conflict that I'm having in fighting games. Like fighting games are more personal because they're fighting is one on one fights, and I want yeah. there to be that conflict. Like why am I fighting this guy? And and tells me why I'm fighting this guy. Like if I'm playing Taken, why is King fighting Jack Five? I don't get that story. Like why did why are they yeah, fighting? That, There's no conflict. Yeah, there.
0: those small. D- that, just yeah, just add on that one Justice too. A very smart thing it does in that in just any normal fight you have outside of story mode is like anyone who's normally aligned with someone else, if they fight each other, in some cases will have a conversation with the other fighter about this being a training fight or something like that. Like uh, Harley Quinn and Batman, who's the side they're on the same side in this game, like she'll say, "Oh, we're having a training match now, yeah," sort of thing like that, and that's how it's dealt with. And I think that's really smart. And that's a really clever way of doing it. Much like in the um, story mode itself, where when one character is clearly overpowering another one in terms of raw ability, they find a way to round it and say, well, this is why this character can take that character on a level playing field. And it's like, yeah, that's good. It makes sense. It's a, it's more detailed than you should expect normally, which is, a good way i hope more fighters go having that incidental detail of this is why they're fighting and even if it doesn't make sense that here's the reason why it could make sense
2: yeah and then you have those issues like you have Tekken seven coming out and they have these awesome trailer cutscenes that are showing you and people like wait there's a story in tekken like why does kazuya hate haihachi well gee (laughs) i don't know you know a lot of people don't know that there's this story people don't know there's a story in street fighter either (laughs) <laughs> you know, the hardcore players know you know the, the hardcore players would know because they follow it but if I'm buying Street Fighter 5 I don't know that this character is dead that's why in the story mode that's why he's not in this game like well yeah. Street Fighter 3 some of the characters were dead story wise so they didn't even include them in the game and people were pissed yeah and
0: because I think um, the way they've worked their games means the story happens all at different points and they don't really make it clear when is when, you know, it, it does confuse the shit out of you when it's like, well, that character was dead last time, and now this character is not dead. What's going on? It's like, like
2: yeah. but there you um, go. But in the case with Injustice, like, I, I think having like the cutscenes help because it, it's telling you a huge world conflict that's happening and it's very personal mm. between characters. And I think it's something that with that game in particular helps. It even helped with Mortal Kombat as well because Mortal Kombat has a huge story that it tells all the time. And now we get to actually experience it. Like you can look at Mortal Kombat Five: Deadly Alliance, and people are like, "Why isn't Wu Kang in this game?" Well, because he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> people didn't know he died, even though they showed you an opening cutscene of him getting killed.
0: Yeah. On a side note, actually, well, about that, Mortal Combat nine and ten cuts into too long. There, I think again, it's because the characters don't engage me as much as DC stuff characters do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, maybe that's it. But yeah, it, it, ten especially just felt very much Game of Thrones light. You know, it's, it's, no, this, this is nonsense. <laughs> it doesn't. It, there's none of that structural sense that uh, Injustice puts into its fights, which is a shame.
2: Yeah. And Mortal Kombat has a huge history.
0: Hmm.
2: A lot of personal combat. I mean, it,
0: it, was, it was actually, just to mention that, there was a, a bit in the story where I thought they were going to uh, include a, a DLC character to, just for a joke with this. I thought Sub Zero would appear in the Injustice story. But you know, when they, um, <laughs> you know, the, the uh, Black Adam section later on in the game. Uh huh. And they go, they go, and the the area they go to to get his thing, it's like, oh, okay, this kind of looks like somewhere Sub Zero might be. I thought that's it; they're gonna do a little cameo spot from from Sub Zero, and that would be really cool and smart. I, just, I, I was kind of disappointed when they didn't, and it wasn't anything to do with that. But, uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, I also thought that you can do like a yeah. fatality in that level too. I like uppercutting yeah. that was the final move. <laughs> that's I'm it, like, and I thought strike. <laughs>
0: And that's it. And the fact that it didn't feel like it would be daft if he turned up was like credit to the way they were telling the story. It was like, cool. Yeah, it makes sense. There's magic and shit. Why can't there be a guy who can freeze guys when there's already a guy who can freeze guys in the game anyway?
2: (laughs) Yeah. But but at the end of the day, I think it just comes down to preference. Like, I, along with you, I'm assuming, really enjoy the story and I love the cutscenes. So I enjoy watching. (laughs) If you don't like the story, you're obviously not gonna care that the cutscenes are that long and you're gonna get irritated. Yeah. So
0: And I'm literally the worst person to ask for that because I've watched Metal Gear Solid 2's cutscenes so many times. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I still like them. So.
2: But yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. What and about it you, um, comes down on a preference.
0: That's it. Ben, what about you?
2: Where would you What's care going about
0: cutscenes? <laughs> yeah, sorry, we kept you in the dark for a while. <laughs>
1: Uh, about cutscenes I I agree I'm not a huge fan of them if they're long in a fighting game but if certain genres like uh, RPGs bring them bring them so long I can have popcorn as I wait and watch between as long as the cutscenes good I don't mind as long as take as long as you want hell it could just be a movie I don't care Um, yeah I must admit that there's one uh, I'm going to bring up fantasy 14 right now uh during the last that's a good, the, the last fine, story fine. point bit uh, on patch two point five, the cutscene was about an hour roughly. So they actually popped up with a warning before it loaded saying that this cutscene is gonna be very long, <laughs> so make sure you tire out your day.
2: <laughs> that's what they did with the core game as well, when you read the end. Yeah, they that's gave what i about. Board. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, You get to the end of it, which you get a warning. The biggest
0: thing. Yeah, biggest pain for me is if the game has long cutscenes and doesn't let you pause them. Oh, you can pause oh
1: it,
0: this. Uh, it's like ones that either skip when you press start or, okay. or just don't let you do any pausing are bastards. Oh, uh, finally, at least can... the 14. You can holiest of it. Grails. Yeah, it's like with Persona 5, I was so glad on certain ones because you just can't determine how long you're going to be doing something in that game or talking or whatever, and it's like it's nice that you could just hit square and go into the text reel and that will just pause the game for you. It's like, ah, oh, great, lovely. So, yeah, it's, yeah, if, if you're going to do long cut scenes, that's what you don't do. Don't yeah. make them unskippable. Don't make them unpausable. Well,
1: <laughs> don't just, make the skip button so much stupid like X.
0: Yeah, do a, <laughs> do a confirm to
1: yeah. skip sort of thing. I've skipped stuff before where I don't it. plan to skip stuff, or I I was just skipping some dialogue or whatever and I've just, oh, shit, I've skipped it, oh, well. <laughs> and
0: I, I, I would take ninety minutes of Kojima cutscenes over five minutes of, say, Ghost Recon Wildlands' cutscenes any day of the week. <laughs> it's, it's like, honest to god, games like that where it's five minutes of pretty cutscenes where then all they're doing is just waffling on about foreign trade policy or some shit. And it's just like, but not with any of the care about it. They're just saying words. It's like. They've picked up a fucking Tom Clancy book and gone, yeah, this is the first five pages of fucking Rainbow Six. Just like, That is it. That's what it feels like. It's so dry. Damn it, you're spoiling their doll. plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. Plot spoiler. Um, keeping this unconventional sort of run of uh, talking about what we've been playing this week, because it's one of those rare weeks where we've played stuff together or or not together, but uh, mutually, if you will. Um, me and Ben especially this week. We've, I think we share about three different games we played this week.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, we'll, go. we'll come back to you if there is other stuff, but we'll try and concentrate on the, yeah. the stuff that's more in common this week. Um, yeah, so, first of all, you, you've you been streaming XCOM earlier yeah. in the week. I XCOM want to 2. stream
1: some more of it soon, hopefully, because yeah. I miss it.
0: Yeah, and I joined you on. Yep. that one and that was yeah, good fun was, uh, yeah. <laughs> always fun watching someone try XCOM for the first time it's I just, thought
1: uh, I was doing slightly average
0: you you were, you were doing right for a bit yep. <laughs> until you didn't do alright <laughs>
1: and then I did yeah, it,
0: it. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a tough learning curve for that game uh, and it's part of the enjoyment I find with it but, um, yeah. but beyond that um, we've been playing we can talk about a beta for once because it's quite open to the public on this one in terms of social media stuff. Um, we can talk about everybody's...
1: Oh, I didn't know it was open. Yeah, oh,
0: nice. yeah, it's been shared all around social media. So, so yeah, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm really enjoying it. Oh, yeah,
1: it's, I am. I, I'm tempted yeah. to get it when it comes out now. I yeah, know you're going to ruin it, so about I, I won't, I won't I, fight
0: you with it. Actually, I think Aaron, Aaron has been... had his eye on that for a long time. I mean, yeah. I mean also, I'm also down on it because... Yeah.
1: You know what, me? put it down as well, just because. I don't want to do it, but I just.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, let's uh, go into why it's quite good. I think it's, they've taken the sort of semi-open route to it, where you can just walk around the golf course and interact with other players. It's a golf MMO, let's be honest. It's uh, it's cool. And And you can just take any, yeah, you can do any hole anytime you want, just by walking up to it and you can knock people over by running into them, and you can just lie down. I, I found the lie down button. Oh, my there God, is. there's a lie
1: down.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those shoulder buttons. I think it's L2. Because I found those
1: benches, I and I wanted to lay down on
0: them, but instead... Oh, like... oh yeah. My son was in absolute stitches. He was making such dad jokes about lying down in the flower bed or the river uh, bed. And it's I like... bought some flowers <laughs> for <from> my hair. <laughs> Uh, I like the
1: fact I just, that you can jump just,
0: into the river. <laughs> yeah, the fact you do. Every, the fact, yeah, you just jump in anything. If you choose like the kid, the kid animation for your walking, it's hilarious because <laughs> your arm is just flailing out behind you, like.
1: <laughs> uh, I think I made an unappealing character. That I made a small fat guy in a pink skirt.
0: What well, you know? What you said that and I was yeah. in a, <laughs> I was in a room with someone who was very much like that, but it wasn't you. <laughs> it was <just> like, <laughs> when you described it thought, that's not Ben though. <laughs> uh,
1: I found someone called Cloud yeah. Level Ninety Nine as well. Uh, I
0: think it's 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 very good golf game still, which I've yeah. always found that the last ones you know on Vita and on PS3, They you know, always a, a fun game I, I find everybody's golf. But adding this sort of social nature to it, I yeah. think is a really smart move. I, I like that about it. I think that could work in its favour, and Sony could have a, a little hit on their hands with that. I don't think there's been bad to everybody's golf game. To yeah. be honest, they've all been quite charming and wonderful. So, yeah, yeah, I I'm, I'm looking for, yeah, I mean, for a beta, I've replayed that course several times over now and done yeah. trying to better my score and stuff. And
1: I'm not that good at it. Yeah. but I've been getting some pars. So
0: yeah, it's it's one of those sports I hate yeah. in real life, but yeah, when it's done cutesy on, on a video game, great yeah. love it. I'll do that.
1: I'm not sure um, if I'm a fan of the lovely up system though. it Still feels weird.
0: Yeah, I'm not entirely sure on it yet, but then none of it matters yet, I suppose, because we're not in the main game. Yeah. So, but, uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of the courses and stuff and yeah. getting into that. Um, and that takes us to our final game, which is uh Marvel Omega, oh, yeah, Marvel yeah. Heroes Omega, I would say, which is Diablo, yeah. effectively with Mario, Mario <laughs> <laughs> characters.
1: It's a me, <laughs> Mario. Uh, Mario, again,
0: Mario, been... and Luigi, Mario. Again, this is one of I've been playing local co-op with my son. He's loved that. Because, you know, he's been yeah. like you going around with Deadpool. And
1: when I first I had Squirrel
0: he's... Girl. I Squirrel Girl. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, got a few ones like Captain Marvel and, that and Gambit. Yeah. Gambit was the first one I bought because like, I forgot Gambit was in it. it was like, Oh yes, I, I bloody love Gambit. Full disclaimer on that one. Um, yes, yeah, for a free game, it's good. It's fun enough, you know. It's a good time filler sort of thing. Good.
1: Yeah, it's been fun with co-op, my mate.
0: Yeah, co-op is definitely the, the king of that. Like the the only annoying thing in playing with a five year old is yeah. that the five year old likes to walk off to the other side of the screen when you're trying to attack something, so you end up stuck. <laughs> it's like because yeah. uh, you can't on the same screen, you you kind of have to be in the proximity of each other. Just. Yeah, you know, minor thing, but uh it's it's grand, grand. Does Gary have you played it at all?
2: I uh, a little bit, yeah, on the console. I played a lot of it on the PC. Um, yeah, back when it was originally out. But I haven't played too much of the console because I had too much going on, so I never really got the chance to fully invest in it. Plus, I didn't want to invest too much because I had the closed beta, so my stuff wouldn't carry over in the final game. So I was like. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. Not happening. Yeah. Understandable. I don't want to get there. well it's in yeah. open beta now, so do I keep my progress from the open beta?
1: Yeah.
0: Because yeah, no you can buy
2: stuff, so Awesome. I'll probably jump back into it.
0: Fantastic. Um anything else you played, Ben, before we, we go back to Gary?
1: Uh
0: Paladins. Yes, yeah. you've played a bit of that, the uh yeah. the not Overwatch but I kind of like a, yeah. a watch style game.
1: Yeah. They yeah, seem to have been
0: quite a few hours on that.
1: Yeah, been enjoying it. The weekend right now is giving away the pay currency. Uh, oh, cool. If you win three matches, you get 90, which is about a couple of quid. But it's all over, it's like, this, it's like 200 odds, so it's about 10 quids worth, I think, for free, Nine, which isn't nice. bad.
0: No, um, that's pretty good, in all fairness.
1: All you have to do to win it is literally win three matches a day, <laughs> which it sounds easier than it is.
0: <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, Gary, what about you? Anything else on on your radar this week?
2: Oh, side of injustice. Uh, not this week, but last week I got to play Destiny too. <laughs>
0: Oh, yes. You see, oh, Christ, did I forget about that? So, yes, you went to go and see Destiny 2. Yes. To go. How did you find it in your brief I time? Found,
2: I found it um, enjoyable, but not convincing enough for people who hated the first Destiny to buy this one.
0: Um, that, that's rich. That's rich.
2: Right? <laughs> yeah, um, I, it, it, it plays exactly like the first one did controls are exactly the same um the feel of the controls feels exactly the same um like in that case it hasn't really changed much but it's in some of the other things that they've changed like um they've decided to change some of the weapon structures so like the rocket launcher the grenade launcher the sniper rifle the plasma rifle and the shotguns are now considered power weapons. So mm-hmm. they go into your third slot, um, with the slot that gives you like nine bullets per weapon with the like the rocket launcher or something. Um and your secondary guns now are pretty much either your pistols, hand cannons, or submachine guns. Um so that's one of the big changes they've made with that. Um which I guess in my personal opinion didn't work as well because i really wanted to go in and do shotguns especially in the pvp crucible that i got to play um and i got to do that but i only had like six bullets to do it with um so that wasn't fun but um yeah like it it, the, the the campaign mission i got to play was like an actual real first person shooter campaign mission so it had set pieces, it had some pretty cool um, lighting, especially with the fire. looked really good. And it's essentially what everybody got to see when they uh, showed it off on the live stream. Where, you know, um, your, your home base is being attacked by the Red Legion. And you pretty much have to defend it. Um, so I got to play that. And it, it, was, it was good, except the AI was not very good. <laughs> The AI pretty much just rushed you the whole time. Uh, Um, They drop and like five guys will just charge at you with machine guns. Um, And I understand. I mean, it's probably like a very early version of the game. Maybe they'll hopefully upgrade the AI for that. But I didn't find it all too difficult at all. I don't know if I was playing on an easier difficulty setting or not, but, um, but it was fun. I mean, the lighting, like I said, the writing and the graphics have been improved tremendously, I think. Um, very gorgeous looking game. Um, there's still the problem with the Strikes, which is another mode I had to play, where the Strike is just so... The area you go to for the Strike is so large that you try to go and explore it, but there's really nothing there to explore. It's just empty. There's nothing there. Um, but, but the new Strike was fun. Um, we did essentially run into a problem where uh, the strike had this area where you have to keep jumping from like these hovering um, rock formations held up by like gravity problems. And you had to jump down from rock to rock to reach the next section, which was all the way on the bottom. And if somebody had died at some point up there while they were fighting, we can't jump back up to revive them. Um, so essentially, two of us had to go and reach the next checkpoint for the guy to get revived which was really annoying um but yeah it was still fun i still ran into the issues where i couldn't find ammo for myself so i was forced to use my submachine gun at long distances which wasn't fun at all um so it's all things that they can obviously improve and fix by the time the game comes out but oh, um certainly. Yeah, um, the new game mode for the PvP, um, I believe it was called Countdown. I'm not 100% sure. I don't remember what it was called. But it's essentially like the the Counter-Strike, Bomb, and defuse mode. Um, where you have to... The attackers have to go and plant a bomb at the location, and the defenders either have to kill everybody on the opposite team or disarm the bombs. Um, essentially, this mode ended up being a camping game where... People just camped out at the bomb location and waited for you to try to go plant Or they just disregarded the thing completely and just decided to wipe everybody out. Um, And that was kind of the problem with this mode is the the locations, there are two locations to plant the bomb, but they're always the same location. So people always know where to go. Um, (laughs) They can fix that by moving the locations all the time for each of the modes you play that game, I think would help stop the camping, and also remove the win condition of wiping out the other team. Because if you die, you're dead. You have to wait for the round to end to revive. Unless somebody can come and revive your dead body. Um, and this essentially ended up, if you're playing like a really good team, which there were that a lot of like the old um, eliminations rules. Yeah, pretty much. Good and fact. they had a lot of professional eSport Destiny players there. And they just ran circles around other people, and it became frustrating because you die, and then you just sat there and you waited.
1: Yeah, because uh, Trials of Osiris and Elimination are both already—if you die, you've got you're dead until either the end of the round or you get
2: revived. Yeah, and that's how this mode was. So yeah. people, instead of just planting the bomb, they just like, oh, let's go wipe out this team. Which, they... and I think having two win conditions and one win condition for the defenders to pretty much kill the other team is really their only win condition, whereas these guys do is very unfair. The offensive team has two. Um, so I, I wasn't a fan of the if you kill everybody it ends. I think it should have just been the bomb thing, but what do I know? I don't make games. Um, so yeah, um, it was fun. Uh, ben, you love Destiny so I'm pretty sure you'll love this one. Um, Yay! When it comes to the characters... pre-order confirmed. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like, When it comes to supers, we got to see them in action in the trailer, but we only got to play um, with, I believe it was called the Dawnbringer, which was the the flying fire angel thing. Um, So we got to play with that, incredibly overpowered, and last a little too long for my liking. Um, even though I got to use it, but it just it wrecks havoc on everybody. It's a one-hit kill with every attack. Sounds Doesn't like matter. the
1: Hammers when that first came out.
2: Yes, a lot of people compared it to the Hammer. And the problem is, I guess the way they're doing it now is all three of those characters, all three of the classes, are going to have essentially the same super. It's not going to look the same, but it's all going to be one-hit kill. Um, the Titan, who has the shield now, which we didn't get to use, but it's going to be a one-hit kill. If he hits you with it, you're dead. It kills everything in one hit, except obviously like the mid bosses and the bosses and some of the enemies that have the like the tech bars. Um, but every super now is a roaming super, and at least that's how they explained it during some of the interviews and when they were talking. Um, so, like with the Titan, if you did the Titan super in this one, he pretty much just hovers in the air and he charges, like he shoulder taps you um, if he hits you, you're dead and I got to do that I killed three people in less than five seconds just by doing that and they couldn't kill me because I was invincible it pretty much <laughs> makes me invincible <laughs> Jeez, so Christ. I got to do that whereas um, the, the, I, is it the hunter class that has the pistol sp- super in the first one Ben? You remember? I can't
1: remember.
2: Yeah, the Hunter had the gun. Yeah, so that one is still in this game because they didn't have his new spear. So the hunter gives the spear attack. Um that we saw in the in the announcement, the gameplay trailer, where he's going around spinning the spear around and everything. So we didn't get to see we didn't get to experience or play that at all. He still had his original golden gun attack. Um so I can't really say how the spear works. But essentially all three of those supers are going to work exactly the same way. It They're has just...
1: more shots with the golden gun now, though, doesn't it?
2: Yes, it does.
1: Yeah,
2: And like I said, all the supers last, I think, a little too long. Um, I think the, the Dawnbringer, when I used it, I was able to get off maybe seven attacks by the time it ran out, which is a lot.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Obviously, things they'll probably fix and work out. They took a lot of feedback from what people were saying. Because um, they came up, they asked you questions like, oh, how you like it? Do you think it was difficult? Do you think this can change? Um, so, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll definitely fix things up. But, yeah, that was my experience playing Destiny 2. It was fun, but if you didn't like the first one, this one is not going to convince you to buy it
0: right yeah. now. The same but bigger, yeah. essentially. Which uh, no, I suppose that there'll be an audience for it. So
1: yeah, I mean, it's, me, it's me, prom- me, 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 I mean,
2: <laughs> it's promising. They're prom- They're promising all these different ways they're going to handle. You know, the the side quests and the big open world areas.
1: Oh, big uh,
2: oh. The problem is, is they talked about the four planets you get to visit this time, mm. but what they didn't tell you guys in the stream is that the first area. Is going to be the biggest one, and the other planets are going to be not even half the size of the main area. So essentially, it's going to be the same thing.
1: Yeah, like I say, where, exactly like Destiny One, really.
2: Yeah, where yeah. Russia yeah. is the big area, and all the other planets are these small areas, which is a shame, personally.
1: No, rather than opinion. made the first area smaller and had them more
2: equal-ish. Yeah, um, they didn't talk about sparrows. They didn't talk about your ships this time um so if you'll be able to do anything other than that the only time i really saw my ships was when we're going into a strike mission and we're waiting to go into it everything else just went right into the game we didn't even get to see them fly to the planet or anything
1: no that sucks i kind of like that
0: Yeah, that that'll be in there in the main game, I think. It's just the you know, early versions are uh, just trying to get immediacy in
2: there. Well, no, they, even said, they even said that you're gonna you won't even have to wait to see, wait for the loading screen for the ship. Like whenever you pick whatever planet you want to go to, you click on it and you go straight to that planet. It has no ship cutscenes, nothing. It just goes. Mm, interesting.
0: I mean, My it,
1: emotions.
0: Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm. That's more enticing for many people, I'd imagine, because. Immediacy is a problem Destiny has suffered from in places like that where you a lot of waiting to be done, a lot of organizing. It the main thing Destiny two needs to do, I think, is that is sort of make everything a bit more streamlined in terms of accessibility. It
1: would getting have been into nice stuff if like they they're doing it with the, had the small cutscene of the ship though, just to make it look like you're flying from planet to planet.
0: Yeah, just like an incidental stuff of, you know, just, just zooming. Even if it's not really a loading screen, it's pop- just you going wee And then you lad, yeah, yeah, like an an injustice thing. It's just like, here's me coming in, here's me dropping out my ship. There you go, yeah, brilliant. That would be great. I totally agree on that one. That that would be a good middle ground, I think. And flash when you've got a customizing of your character stuff, which Destiny has, and people clearly love it, then you want to show that off as much as you can because you know it's. The first person shoot you know, you're know you not seeing yourself all that often. Oh. Maybe give people the chance to yeah, get in like, flashy little cutscenes because it goes a long way.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, yeah like you, you problem... Customize your ship in the first one. So what's the point of customizing your ship if you're not really going to see it in anything? Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> exactly. like my biggest problem right now, though, when I was playing it, was the gun was just too close to the screen.
1: Problem yeah. was, I wasn't playing it.
2: <laughs> I, you can go see my videos. It's on our YouTube page, uh, of the two mission, the PvP and the Strike mission. I played. To me, the gun is just too close to the screen, and it really threw me off because I wasn't so used to this big thing in front of me. I'm used to it being a little further away, but I got used to it, so wasn't too bad. But
0: not too bad in the end. But still, yeah, that, that does sound like a problem. I, I said I haven't really looked at it since it's come along. So yeah, i to yeah, not but, spoil uh, myself. You know, I'm just waiting. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm not care.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but essentially it's mostly the same. Even Yay. the menu, you look at your character and you equip the different weapons, it's all the same looking. Um, you still hold the ghost up with you. you the menu looks exactly the same. Um,
1: I'll have to have my ghost ready.
2: For, for it, it's definitely like your super's um, not the supers, like your abilities for each of the characters, like your warlock and that, there's a menu of it and you can see like the Dawnbringer, for example I went into that menu you can see it in the video and it's definitely more streamlined and you can easily see which passive and active abilities you can equip on the characters because I, each one gets three outside of the, so the super and then there's two other ones um, mm-hmm. but essentially what they've done is they've pretty much made each class outside of I guess the look of the moves—they essentially all do the same thing. Um, everybody has some sort of shield ability. Um, the Titan now puts down a shield, and it like spreads like the illuminating shield. The deflects attacks. Um, pretty much every all three of the classes have that same ability. They just, in a way, do different types of buffs, and th- that's how I got it from what I, I heard and from what I played. Is that essentially they're trying to make the classes pretty much the same? Um, So, in in the way, so like when you go into a raid, you don't have like four or five of the same classes, and you're just getting wrecked because you don't have a tank class like the Titan one. Um, Mm -hmm. It's essentially letting you go in however you want with whatever classes you want and be able to do the same thing.
0: More flexibility, yeah. Uh, Again, that goes into the. uh idea of streamlining things to just make it more for more people and that that yeah definitely a smart move yeah cool excellent so yeah it's, i mean people who love destiny are gonna love that by sound of it i mean Yay. Yeah.
2: yeah they're definitely gonna love it more because well i wouldn't say more we'll see how they handle the the little tweaks they made so
0: <laughs> yeah let's say so, yeah. We shall see. Mm-hmm. Um right, that's all that's what done. We've gone on quite well with that. Um yeah. let's wrap things up, shall we, and uh get to the old shout out slash details, if you will. Um you can find me in the kitchen at parties and on the internet on the Twitter where at Nesco N E Double Z K O All a uh, Case. Um Also, as ever, I will say if you uh happen to have us on iTunes, just give us a rating there, just a, a comment, anything like that lovely, always appreciated and that um, beyond that, thanks for listening as ever, we we, we always enjoy your company and to listen to us for an hour to 90 minutes of uh, rambling, it's great um, Ben, what about you? Uh,
1: shout out to Phoenix Down Radio it was great having been on with Ephes and Moose this weekend Uh, two guests we did a lore episode of final fantasy 14 where we covered uh the 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 fifth astral era i think it was um which was interesting uh shout out to evolve male aka samus born aka your girlfriend's favorite streamer and a shout out to klaus just thanks for having me on the podcast every couple of weekends
0: nice good stuff and gary how about you
2: I uh, just shout out to the listeners. Thanks for listening. Um, shout out to you guys for having me on. Shout out to my friends. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me.
0: Splendid. That was uh,
2: episode 169.
0: We're getting on, getting old. Oh, we're getting closer to 200, guys. It's, it's I think it could feasibly happen soon. It could be this end of this year, I think, actually. But, the way it's uh... going. What week are we in now? Da, 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 da. No, no, couldn't quite. But never mind. We're, we're getting close.
1: I mean, I, all I, I, the uh, same. Okay, good. Because
0: I like, yeah, I forgot. What, I, you know? I forget what month it is sometimes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Early next <laughs> year, though. around this time next year. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Around this time next year, we'll be on the two hundred. Christ, it's mad. Yeah, but. Next week we'll be back to talk more games. We'll find out if Tekken was any good, I'm sure. Um, amongst other things. It was a week close to Wii 3, there'll probably be more old rumours and things and confirmations, maybe some things that we are happy to see. And we won't be so cynical about it. And maybe some new games we did not play. I didn't get to talk about Rhyme, but my reviews on PSU.com, I really loved it. I thought it was lovely, so you can go see it there. Um, other than that, We'll see you next week guys and Ben do your usual take it away
1: Oh
0: yeah but I'm I'm hosting the show I'm bored of talking
1: Um, (laughs) I guess we'll end it with we're bored of talking (laughs) 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 No seriously thanks for joining us everyone um, and have a good week I I, I know I know know how I'm going to end it in the creepiest way possible because I haven't watched this guy in years So I wanna. If I don't see you through the week, I'll see you through the window.
0: Brilliant. That's it.